this hour by Frederick Remington Fully Cooked Ready to Eat Bacon. Exclusive no refrigeration 10 year extended shelf life bacon. The thickest media center cut bacon in the industry at fullycookedbacon.com. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. It is still the most spectacular kidnapping and murder case ever investigated. The disappearance of the 20-month-old son of Colonel Charles and Ann Lindbergh from the nursery of their Hopewell, New Jersey home in the early evening of March 1st, 1932, shocked the nation and the world. Later that evening, Colonel Lindbergh claimed to find a ransom note on a nursery windowsill where his wife Ann and other household staff had previously seen nothing. The note was assumed to be genuine. And the case was then and has forever after been treated as a kidnapping. Two and a half years later, an itinerant German carpenter named Bruno Richard Hauptmann was arrested, convicted, and eventually executed for the crime. But is there more to this story? We have two authors with us tonight that say yes, and their book is Crime of the Century, The Lindbergh Kidnapping Hoax. And we have joining us Gregory Algren, who is an attorney, and his co-author Stephen Monier, uh, who is a retired police officer and former police chief, maybe current police chief. Uh, gentlemen, welcome and help me. Did I get the names right? And uh, is Stephen still in law enforcement? This is Stephen. Um, I'm retired now after 36 years. I spent 15 years as uh, police chief in Goffstown, New Hampshire, but after that was appointed as the U.S. Marshal for the District of New Hampshire and served eight years in that position, but uh, recently retired. Very, very good. And uh, and uh, Gregory, uh, your last name, Algren, is that right? That's very good. Most people... Um... Don't do as good a job on the name as you just did. <laughs> All right. In this book, Crimes, Crime of the Century, the Lindbergh Kidnapping Hoax, if people want to get this, I'm assuming it's at Amazon. Is that right? It's wherever, sure, it's wherever books are sold. You can get it at any brick-and-mortar bookstore ordering it, or you can order it either from Barnes & Noble or, um, or Amazon, or there's an uh, e-book version if you're a Kindle reader. Or- okay. All right. Very good. Now, we have a wide swath of people that listen to this show. And first of all, let me tell you that I'm terrible at the uh, interviewing two people deal because I don't know who to direct my questions to. So I'm going to leave that up to each of the two of you. I don't know if you're near near each other. You can use hand signals, whoever wants to jump in and answer these questions. But 
I think it's important because we have some younger people listening. I mean, of course, I know who Charles Lindbergh was, the spirit of St. Louis. I've seen the plane uh, in the airport there in St. Louis. I know of his fame and and who he was back in the day. But some young people today may not know uh, who he is. Shame on our schools for not uh, bringing you know this famous guy to the attention of every young person, uh, but give us uh, a few seconds here on who Charles Charles Lindbergh was and why the alleged kidnapping of his baby became such a big story. Well, Charles Lindbergh was uh, uh, became famous because he was the first aviator to make a a flight transatlantic flight from uh, New York. Uh, to Paris, the first one to do that successfully. Um, He did it. He left uh, New York, uh, an airfield in New York, on May 20th of 1927. He did it in response to a prize that had been offered internationally for the first aviator to make a successful transatlantic crossing. Um, The award was a $25,000 And that was because he was by himself also. That was the other significant thing. Isn't that right, Stephen? It was a solo flight, that's correct, from New York to Paris in May of 1927. Um, A couple of uh, other famous, uh, fairly famous, well-known aviators had tried that, but they um, they were attempts made where there was a crew of two or even more. Um, and invariably failed. In fact, several lost their lives. So uh, the Lone Eagle, uh, Charles Lindbergh, as he became known because of that flight, was the first to do it successfully, and as a result, he became literally the most famous man in the world at a young age. And to compare him to someone today, I'm not sure who we compare him to. Maybe like a Michael Jordan back when he was playing the NBA, or or maybe... um, uh, I don't know. We could pick some some uh, Olympic athletes by name. Who who would you say would be someone today would would have this level of fame? It would be hard to find a peer today because of uh, uh, the media now. But because even at the time, one journalist uh, um, described the adoration that was uh, given to Charles Lindbergh as saying, "You might think he walked on water instead of flew over it to Europe." Yeah. Yeah, and this and, was, of and, course, back in the day before, um, you know, uh, people had today's technology, you know, everyone watching television and correct. the Internet and all of that. He was just one of those original famous people, almost like the Wright brothers. I mean, in that sort of category as someone, exactly. uh, Alexander Graham Bell, uh, Thomas Edison, he was in that category. And then his own baby, which, of course, anyone who has a baby die, and in this case, a baby kidnapped, this was, how big of a deal really was this? Uh, I mean, was this like front page, front page, front page? Was this the O.J. Simpson case of the day? Right. I mean, I think nowadays we spend uh, a lot of time on the movie stars and sports figures and the adulation that's, that's you know, we have, uh, we have networks devoted simply to celebrities. We have reality TV shows. We had a much more limited media, obviously, in the 1930s, 1920s. So we had fewer heroes, if you want to call them that. So I think that really, you know, maybe he and Babe Ruth were the two major figures of the period. Um, And, you know, Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs the same year that Lindbergh flew across the ocean. And they were probably one, two. 
Uh, maybe prize fighters you might put into that category. But other than that, you know, there, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the wide range of celebrities. So he was a big deal. Everything he did was chronicled. He was hounded by the press. Um, he had the largest ticker tape parade when he came back in 1927. Um, that was ever held in, in New York City, and I think it still holds a lot of records for the number of people who came out to see him. Um, and he was he was it. I mean, there, there weren't a lot of it then, and he was the it. Yeah, yeah, and and such a big name. And then his his baby, twenty month old baby. So this is a, a a baby, a year and a half old. Uh, you know, roughly not quite two years old. Uh, the baby is as the story goes, kidnapped becomes the most famous kidnapping in really in the world, probably ever that, I mean, could have been discussed and covered in the media at that time. Uh, 20 month old baby is kidnapped. And then there's a ransom demand. Tell us, set the stage for what happened and, and how that news came out that there was the kidnapping. Well, even after he completed his flight in 27, he still pursued aviation. He had a lot of other flights. Um, he flew across the Pacific. He flew to the Orient. Uh, he married Anne Morrow, uh, who was the daughter of Ambassador Dwight Morrow, who was a leading Republican figure at the time and a partner of J.P. Morgan. And that was considered a sort of storybook uh, marriage. And then in 1930, in June of 1930, uh, their son, uh, was born, Charles Jr., the, the subject of the, of the kidnapping. But even uh, by that fall, um, he planned another trip, uh, this time the trip to the Orient. He and Ann were going to fly there. And they arranged to have Ann's parents. Uh, and we're going to hold it right there, Greg, because we've got a break coming up, and we're talking about the famous, the infamous Lindbergh kidnapping. And... Uh, Wow, just so much to get into. You don't want to miss this interview. We'll take a break. We'll be back in four minutes. Stay tuned. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris. And if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough, and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the Internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. 
In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2979-855-700-2979-855-700-2979. That's 855-700-2979. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. listening to Jim Paris Live. We are back. My guests are Gregory Algren and Stephen Monier. We're talking about this fantastic book, Crime of the Century, The Lindbergh Kidnapping Hoax. And Greg, you were just setting up what happened that day and how this then became announced to the public that the baby was missing. So continue on. Well, the other important factor is that you know, before World War II and the growth of American suburbs, once you get outside of American cities, you, you could hit rural areas pretty quickly. And Lindbergh had bought 500 acres in Huntington, uh, Huntington uh, County, New Jersey, which is about an hour drive outside of New York City. So you could get an hour outside of New York City, and you could get pretty desolate area. And he was in the process of constructing this mansion, basically, uh, very secluded. Uh, he had spotted the area. He spotted the uh, the terrain when he was flying over it and thought it was sufficiently secluded for him. And so in the winter of 1931 through 32, the house was still under construction, and he was actually living with his in-laws, the Morrows. Uh, Ambassador Morrow had passed away, but he was living with his mother-in-law 
about an hour away. And he and his wife and the baby and the butler and uh, housekeeper would only go to the home that was under construction on weekends. And so, and then their usual uh, routine was they would go on Fridays and then they would return uh, Monday morning. But on the weekend of uh, February 29th, 1932, uh, which was a, a, uh, a uh, um, Monday, uh, during that uh, weekend leading into that day, he uh, went into New York on Monday morning and he t- called his wife, Ann, from New York and said, don't go home to your mother's tonight. Stay over an extra day. And he didn't return home. He went to his mother-in-law's and stayed. And then the next day he called and said to her again, don't stay over. Don't go back uh, today. Stay over another day. So the child and the family was at this house that they were never at during the week. And it was that night, Tuesday, March 1st, that the child disappeared. So uh, Lindbergh himself was not at that home when that happened? He, he was at the home on March 1st, 1932. He drove home and arrived home that evening. Okay. That was uh, uh, March 1st. But he had not been there the, the uh, Monday night before that. So, um, And that was unusual. Uh, their typical uh, was only to spend the weekends there and come home or go back to uh, Ann Morrow's mother's house um, on Monday morning. Uh, but they stayed over. So that was the night that the baby disappeared. Um, Lindbergh ostensibly arrived home about 8.35, I think it was, Greg? Correct. Um, at the house. And uh, we know that because when he pulled into the driveway, he honked his horn so that people in the house would know that he was home. Um, And it was that evening um, that Betty Gow, who had been brought out, she was a 27-year-old Scottish nursemaid uh, who had been brought out because they had stayed over two extra nights uh, from the Morrow house uh, to help Anne with the baby. And she is the one that discovered upon... uh, uh, checking on the baby one last time before she retired for the evening, a little before 10 p.m. that night, that the crib was empty on the second floor of the home. Now, this, just so I clarify, so the baby is kidnapped from the estate that's under construction or from the mother-in-law's home? From the estate that's under construction. Okay, so that, that makes it even more suspicious. Wow, someone to go way out there to exactly, kidnap exactly a baby. Right. And- uh Go ahead. Taken through a window where the, the it's the only uh, window in the house on in the baby's uh, room on the second floor where the shutters do not latch. And, the only unlocked window. In the yeah, only and, unlocked window in the whole house. And and for folks listening, if you want to sort of bring yourself back in time, if you go to Wikipedia and you take a look at the Lindbergh kidnapping page on Wikipedia. I haven't read everything there, but there's two things that sort of caught my eye. One is the the poster there where it says Charles A. Lindbergh Jr. wanted information as to the whereabouts of, and it's the missing child poster, which just gives me chills looking at this. A cute, cute baby with curly hair, Charles A. Lindbergh Jr. missing, and then the ransom note is there as well. Tell us about the ransom note. What had happened is Lindbergh had come home about 8.35 in the evening. The child had been put to bed about 
um, tucked in by both the mother and the um, Betty Gal, the the nursery maid. And, and then at that point, they left the room. Betty came back about 20 minutes later, checked on the child again, saw the child was sleeping soundly at about 10 of 8, and then closed the door and left. Um, she had closed all the windows and had latched the shutters, which is the way that they locked windows back then, except there was one set of shutters that couldn't be latched because they had warped. It was the only set of shutters in the house, and it was one of the set of shutters in that room. Uh, Charles Lindbergh, the father, Colonel Lindbergh, came home about 8.35 and honked his horn, came into the house, did not check on the child, but instead uh, drew a bath, had dinner, engaged his wife in conversation, and at about 9.10 p.m. turned to his wife and said, did you hear that? Nobody else in the house heard anything. The dog didn't bark. Um, she said, no, I didn't hear anything. And he said, oh, I thought I heard a sound like, like uh, crates falling or wood snapping or something. About 10 o'clock at night, Betty Gow went up to the nursery to check on the child one last time, take the child to the bathroom, uh, and discovered that the crib was empty. She immediately calls out uh, to Anne next door, did you, did you take the child in with you? And Anne, who was in her own bedroom, said, no, I didn't. She goes downstairs to where Lindbergh is in the study and says, Colonel, do you have the baby? He doesn't answer, but instead he races upstairs, goes into the nursery, turns on the light, looks at an empty crib, and immediately announces in front of the nursemaid and his wife, Anne, they have stolen our baby. Um, he doesn't conduct any search for the child. He doesn't look in the closet to see where this toddler could have toddled off to. He immediately announces there's been a kidnapping. Wow. And and, and then the, the kidnapping, the ransom note, when was that found in, and I guess it was found on the winds, windowsill outside of the uh, home? No. Well, at that point, there's nothing in the crib. There's no note in the crib. He races downstairs, grabs the rifle, loads it, and runs outside. Ian and Betty then do what I think any person would have logically done. They begin searching all over the upstairs to see if the child went somewhere, tottered off, crawled into a closet, found, you know, curled up someplace else, and they don't find the child. They don't, and then they assemble to sort of disconsolately downstairs, and they wait for Lindbergh to come back. When he comes back the second time, he goes up to the to the room. At this point, he then calls Betty Gao upstairs, and when she comes up, he points to the uh, windowsill inside on the window where the shutter didn't latch, and there's a note propped. Now, Betty hadn't seen the note before, and neither had Ian. Even, even though they searched the room. Yeah, exactly. You would think they would notice that. Right. A lot of suspicious stuff going on there. Yep. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back more about the ransom note, the investigation, and then also the individual that was charged for the crime and eventually executed, which sounds like maybe they got the wrong person. All right, a lot more to talk about. We'll be back.
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... Food storage, I love to eat. Yum! Thepowermall.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-7740. That's 800-610-7740. 800-610-7740. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. 
listening to Jim Paris Live. All right, we are back. This is a fantastic read. I know a lot of people are starting to think about Christmas gifts. So many people are fans of true crime. This would be a great book for that person you know that is interested in a, a true crime story. Crime of the Century is the title, The Lindbergh Kidnapping Hoax. Authors Gregory Algren and Stephen Monier are with us. And we're getting through this story here now. The baby is missing. The ransom note all of a sudden appears uh, in the baby's room. And when I was uh, reading and doing research for this, all of a sudden the name of Norman Schwarzkopf pops up. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. The dates aren't right for this to be the famed general Norman Schwarzkopf. But then I read further, and this is actually the uh, the police officer, the superintendent of the New Jersey State Police, was the father of the general Norman Schwarzkopf, and he was a colonel, and he was also named H. Norman Schwarzkopf. So pick it up where the investigation starts into all of this. So, so after the baby is uh, discovered missing, uh, Lindbergh instructs uh, the, the butler to call the local police um, when he gets back from searching outside. And he goes in his study and he makes a phone call, not also to the state police, but first he calls his lawyer, and then he called the New Jersey State Police. And H. Norman Schwarzkopf, the father of the Desert Storm commander, General Schwarzkopf, was the first superintendent of the newly formed New Jersey State Police. Well, as you might imagine, as word went out that the uh, child of Charles Lindbergh had disappeared, um, it quickly went out on the wires, and not only did all sorts of law enforcement show up, the local and New Jersey State Police, but uh, also hordes of reporters who all tramped all over the crime scene, by the way, and around the house and uh, destroyed a lot of evidence. Um, but Quickly, it became apparent that the one who was really in charge of the investigation, which ensued, was not uh, Colonel Schwarzkopf of the New Jersey State Police. I'm sorry, uh, Schwarzkopf, but uh, Colonel Lindbergh took charge and really ran the investigation. When Greg and I were doing our research for this book, of course, we thought that was very odd and that, that of course, would not be something that would be allowed today. The other thing that happened is... The, the parents were never considered suspects. Um, Let me and, ask you about that uh, culturally. Back at that time, was it still sort of the approach to take that if a wife is dead, the suspect is 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 the husband. If a child is is missing, the suspects are the parents. Or is that more of a modern day approach that we take? I think that's definitely a modern approach. In fact. In the uh, closing argument of this case, the prosecutor said to the jury, we know that when a child dies, everyone in the world should be a suspect except the parents. However, now, from FBI statistics, which weren't kept at the time, we now know that if a child under the age of five years old dies as a result of homicide, there's a 70% probability that one or both parents is responsible. But yet the prosecutor back then said you should look at everybody except the parents. And that was just culturally how we look at things. We looked at things differently at that time. And we, now we did. And, yeah. and, of course, on top of that, again, did they show up at this um, remote location only to discover they're dealing with Charles Lindbergh, the Charles Lindbergh. 
Um, and it's his, their son, his and Ann's son, that's missing. So um, it became, quickly became a zoo. Um, you know, the poster you mentioned went out nationwide. It was uh, the headlines for days on end, newspapers all over the world, really, but certainly here in the United States, um, that Charles Lindbergh's baby had been kidnapped. Seventy-two days later, however, a truck driver on a route um, pulls over on the side of the road about three and a half miles from the home. He goes into the woods a short distance to uh, relieve himself, and he discovers a, a uh, decomposing body of an infant. Turns out it's um, Charles Lindbergh, Jr., the baby. Wow. Who had been and left a modern day case, modern-day yeah. parallel, I think of, is the Casey Anthony case. Of course, of course, not the distance there, but the child found not far from the home in the woods, uh, deceased. And, and even at the time that we wrote our book, there were a number of fairly well-known cases similar where either a mother or a parent had uh, claimed that their young child had been kidnapped when it turns out um, that was a hoax. And um, in fact, that they had uh, either criminally abused or killed their own child. Now, we're, we still have another segment after this break, so that's when we'll get into the payoff pitch, as I call it, and get into your theory of what happened to the baby. But let's go back to the ransom note. And the ransom note, dear sir, have $50,000 ready. There are all these misspellings, uh, poor uh penmanship all of that it, it very uh, much doesn't make sense to me but this all gets then pinned on an itinerant carpenter and i guess part of that is because there was ransom money paid out and it turns out that he had some of the ransom money fill in those blanks for me well there were actually three step Lindbergh announced right after the the uh, within a day or two of the uh, the disappearance of the child that he wanted to negotiate with the kidnappers, that they should contact him, that they would not be arrested, and anybody having the child or connections to return the child should send him, you know, correspondence. Well, occurring as that did in the middle of the Depression, you can imagine everyone in the world started writing in and saying that they either had the child or that a connection to get the child back. He eventually narrowed it down to three different groups for, to whom ransoms were paid. Um, the other two uh, ransoms resulted in prosecutions for fraud against individuals, successful prosecutions. And then the third ransom was paid um, to an individual in a New York cemetery who became known as Cemetery John. And when that, uh, after these ransoms were paid, the trail went cold for about two and a half years. And then in the uh, September of uh, 1934, one uh, money from one of the ransoms was uh, passed by Bruno Hauptmann at a gas station in New York. The uh, serial numbers had been recorded, and the United States had recently gone off the gold standard, and these were still gold notes. So that they sort of jumped out at the gas station attendant. He uh, checked them against the notified authorities, and they checked them, and they realized that was one of the uh, notes from the Lindbergh from one of the Lindbergh ransoms. So they went to his house, and where they found more of that ransom money. Based on, 
he may have been an, one of the extortionists, or he may have been in league with one of the extortionists, but they ended up charging him not with extortion, but with the kidnapping. Now, when the, the so the child is the found deceased 72 days after May, the alleged kidnapping, is that right? May 12, 1932, the child's body is discovered. And after that, the trail went cold. Between March 1 and May 12 is when all the negotiations with all the different kidnapping gangs had gone on and when the various ransoms had been paid. So so the, the ransoms were paid out, of course, before the deceased child was discovered, was, was discovered yeah. which makes sense. So then we have uh, three groups paid a ransom. Two are considered uh, guilty of, of financial fraud because they determined they really didn't have the child or any information. They were just trying to get money. Um, but the third one actually was considered the kidnapper and not only was charged with kidnapping, but of course, by that point, the child was deceased the two and a half years down the road when this all comes to fruition. And that individual, tell us about him, he eventually goes to prison and is executed as well. That is correct. When they uh, they discover uh, a, a chunk of the ransom money in Bruno uh, Hartman's apartment in New York City, in the Bronx, um, they tear his whole house apart. He says that he was given the money by another individual by the name of Isidore Fish, uh, it was given a box with some of Fish's belongings. And we'll pick it. it up there right after the break, Greg, and we're going to talk about also their theory, what really happened to the Lindbergh baby. All of that and more in our last segment. We'll be back in four minutes. Hello, everybody. This is radio talk show host Jim Paris for freesurvivalgifts.com. If you're a survival buff like me and like to try out the latest survival gear and gadgets, then you're going to absolutely love freesurvivalgifts.com. At freesurvivalgifts.com, you will find a wide array of survival gear, books, and videos that are all 100% free. That's right, just pay your own shipping. Now, I know you're asking, why is all of this survival gear free? Well, the companies offering this gear are doing so as a way to promote their brand and introduce new products. Check it out today, freesurvivalgifts.com. Pick up one or more free survival items for you and your family. That website, again, is freesurvivalgifts.com. Check it out, freesurvivalgifts.com. Hello, Mr. Anderson. The NSA has noticed how much time you spend on conservative news sites. We have no choice but to consider you a domestic terrorist. Tired of your internet activity being monitored by Big Brother? Get VirtualShield.com, the world's easiest to use virtual private network. Browse the web anonymously, leaving pesky advertisers and spies in the dust. Get started today at VirtualShield.com. Take advantage of our free 30-day trial. VirtualShield.com. You have the right to remain private. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55, but with treatment it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD, or go to the website fightblindness.org, where I found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. Have you checked your ECS lately? We have. We are New Pharma, scientists who specialize in human functions controlled by the endocannabinoid system, or ECS. Let me simplify. Your ECS is involved in physiological processes like appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and immune systems. New Pharma's patent-pending science is the big difference in our natural solutions, formulated for your well-being. For example, our foundation product provides targeted nutrition to support a healthy endocannabinoid system, which is directly responsible for managing and controlling inflammation. This product contains turmeric, which is known as one of the best anti-inflammatories on the planet. Our Allergies product contains sage, which is a very effective decongestant. See all of our amazing capsules, essential oils, and ECS herbal teas at gnupharma.com. New Pharma. Your path to wellness begins here. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX that's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You're listening to Jim Paris Live. All right, this is our last segment. We're talking about the book, Crime of the Century, the Lindbergh kidnapping hoax after it was announced that 20-month-old son of Charles and Ann Lindbergh was abducted in March of 1932. The entire world grieved for their loss. 72 days later, the body of the baby was found in the woods next to a roadway a short distance from, from Lindbergh's house near Hopewell, New Jersey. And we pick up the story, Greg, where one of the three individuals that had solicited ransom money... Uh, of course, two of those three were charged with fraud. In this case, however, the itinerant uh, German carpenter named Bruno Richard Hauptmann uh, is caught passing a bill at a local service station that was linked to one of the three ransom payments. He, uh, the the uh, for, uh, the uh, police, then storm his home and tell us what happens next to him. From nineteen, from when the body was found in May of nineteen thirty-two until September of nineteen thirty-four, the trail had gone completely cold. And once the body was found, all of the overtures for for negotiation stopped. So I think the police were really it was, it was a cold case, really, by nineteen thirty-four. And the other two, they knew where the money had gone. Those people were prosecuted successfully. But this third man 
Hampton was paid in New York, they didn't have any leads on until Hartman was caught passing one of the gold notes in September of 34. They found additional money in his house. He said he had been given a shoebox to hold uh, by a friend of his who had returned to Germany and then had died in Germany. And Isidore Fish was a real person and who had gone back to Germany. And that when he opened up the box to go through his things, he had found some of this uh, ransom money in there. And he figured, boy, this is a good, a good fortune. I just found a chunk of money in a shoebox. And so he started spending it in dribs and drabs. That was what he said. Um, the police then tried to, with no other leads, uh, really tried to fit, fit him for a noose on the, on the uh, kidnapping case. And eventually, although they had no eyewitnesses and no direct forensic uh, testing that linked him to the crime scene itself, um, they came up with a theory that the ladder had been made uh, from wood from his garage based on an opinion testimony of a person who said that they had looked at the pieces of wood and they looked similar. Wow, um, and that seems like a real stretch, especially back then the forensic uh, ability for them to match that wood and so forth would not be like what it would be today. A absolutely. There was no scientific testing done. It was what's called comparative site analysis. You know, you look at two things and you say, in my opinion, they're the same. I mean, juries do that now with handwriting sometimes. Um, but that's basically, basically what he was a circumstantial case, what he was convicted of. He maintained his innocence until the end. He stuck with the... Uh, Isidore Fish story, which the press derisively termed the Fish story, and um, he was supposedly uh, promised leniency and that he would not be executed if he told what really happened. He maintained his innocence to the end, and he was executed uh, in nineteen uh, in in, uh, in New Jersey. Wow! And so, where we end up here is we've now painted ourselves into a corner, and there's one or two people left here. Uh, we've got the parents, we've got people working in the home that are left uh, as possible suspects, and we're, where do we go now next here in, in, your, in your theory? It's almost the unthinkable, but yet, it, like we talked about earlier, in today's world, you do look to the parents first, but then again, this is Charles Lindbergh. This is a person bigger than life itself, can't be him. He's, you know, you can't even consider that. What do you guys think really happened here? Well, when Greg and I looked at this, uh, it made no sense to us, of course, this kidnapping. Uh, you know, who would know that they're out there at the Hopewell property in a remote area on a night that they've never been there before? Who would know that? So we immediately went to uh, looking at the inside job, and our suspicions uh, after we doing some research, particularly about Charles Lindbergh, and I and I did a lot of the work on the, his biography and looking into what kind of person he was, and what I found really astounded me because it didn't comport with the public image we had of the man. Um, you know, one of the things we know. Uh, in terms of human behavior, particularly as investigators, is that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. We discovered, for example, that two months before this kidnapping, so-called kidnapping, Charles Lindbergh at the Dwight Morrow estate, Anne's mother's estate, um, had hidden the child in a closet and announced to people that he had been kidnapped. And he thought this was funny. He was known for these 
uh, what turned out to be very cruel, practical jokes. And for 20 minutes, he allowed this ruse to continue before wow. he produced a child while the whole household, and they had household staff of about 20 people, um, were in an uproar thinking that uh, Charles Lindbergh had been kidnapped then. That was just two months before this. There were a number of other things we found when we were researching cruel pranks that he would pull not only on other people that uh, he had run-ins with, but his wife, Anne, like dumping a glass of water on her while they're having dinner with Amelia Earhart and some other friends. Um, So we looked at that and we said, this makes no sense. The other thing we discovered is uh, not long after the police had been all over the grounds, uh, um, Oliver and Elsie Waitley, the butler and the cook, um, uh, I think it was Oliver, found the thumb guard. This is something that they used at the time to keep a child from sucking their thumb. Okay. They found it in the driveway. I think it um, might be uh, Greg's line. Uh, we're hearing like it might be breathing, but... Uh, it's starting to cover up a little bit what Stephen's saying, but continue. So they found this thumb guard, they which was found used. Thumb guard, and they found it uh, in the driveway. Now, what kidnapper would drive up the driveway? Um, right. Our theory right. is this: this was another attempt by Charles Lindbergh to pull another cruel hoax um, on Anne, and it went terribly awry. And when he was climbing this homemade ladder up to the only window um, that wouldn't latch to the child's room, and he was secreting the child out, um, that he dropped the baby. There was a cement ledge below, and he dropped the child. And he negligently killed his child, and he came up with this kidnapping hoax to cover up the fact that he had negligently killed his own child. So it was an accident along the lines of this prior prank that he uh, that he played, and it says here the cause of death was was a crushed skull. So that would match up with your with your theory of of being dropped from from that distance. What what a bizarre bizarre story. Did did they the Lindberghs have other children, or was this the only child? Well, they, they they went on to have other children, but uh, yeah, he he uh, in 1957. Here's another indication uh, of of the character of Charles Lindbergh. It was discovered beginning in 1957. This is after his death that this came out. Uh, Lindbergh had engaged in lengthy sexual relations with three women while he remained married to Anne Morrow, and in fact went on to father seven other children with those three other women who lived in uh, Germany and Europe at the time. Um, So he fathered seven other children with three other women. Two of of them were sisters. So so times haven't changed at all. (laughs) You know, you think, oh, this guy was, you know, traditional conservative hero of the past, and now we've got womenizing and and, uh, children, you know, love children and all that. Uh, It sounds just like a... So yeah, story, yeah, like right out of the National Enquirer or something today. Just bizarre. Uh, let me ask you, has there been any criticism of your book? Has anyone ever made this same jump that you have as far as accusing Lindbergh himself? I think it's fair to say that uh, others have written um, that 
Many other authors have agreed that Bruno Richard Hoffman could not have been the kidnapper and uh, the person who murdered the child. Um, that it just made no sense at all. There was focus at one point uh, by some other authors on not Charles, but other members of the family. Um, have we been criticized? Yes, of course. But, uh, you know, we purport, if you look at all the evidence that we looked at um, in our book, that our circumstantial case that Charles Lindbergh was a person who negligently killed a child is much stronger than the circumstantial case that New Jersey put forward, which sent Bruno Richard Hopman to the, to the electric chair. Fascinating book and very well documented, very well written. Uh, a great read, folks. A great gift for the holidays. Crime of the Century, the Lindbergh kidnapping hoax. Thanks so much, gentlemen, for being with us. If it's Sunday night... It's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris. And if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough, and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the Internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203.